This is Are You Future Ready? Advancing Your Professional Development, a podcast series for anyone who wants to grow and excel in their career or in life. I'm your host, Amy Parker, the Department of Veterans Affairs Chief Learning Officer. This week, we are joined by the Deputy Chief Veterans Experience Officer, Ms. Barbara Morton. Barbara is no stranger to the VA and has worked here for 15 years. She's a native of Rockport, Massachusetts, and she started her career in New England after receiving her JD at Suffolk University and then moved to the DC area to receive her master's in constitutional law at Georgetown. She started working at VA as a staff attorney at the Board of Veterans Appeals, where she led their IT modernization efforts. Then in 2016, she joined the Veterans Experience Office as the deputy chief and has worked there ever since. Between May and March this past year, she served as the acting Veterans Experience Officer. And so we're so lucky to have you join us here today, Barbara, welcome. Amy, thanks so much for having me. So thrilled to be with you today. I'm so glad you're here and um, excited to talk to you about veteran experience and um, an employee experience. I think we're going to get to touch on both of those today. So the Veteran Experience Office, which you'll hear us probably call VEO for short, it supports the secretary and then, of course, the entire department, our veterans and all of the other uh, customers that the organization has, spouses, family members, um, survivors, and it provides customer experience support. VEO applies all the best practices of data, tools, technology, and engagement to support VA's delivery of services to our veterans and their families. And as the deputy chief, you're responsible for quite a lot that goes on in that office, I'm sure. It must have been interesting to adjust from being an attorney to customer experience. And so how did your, how did your experience from the board transfer over? So I, I love that question, and I, I if I can, in, indulge in sharing a story because the connection is not necessarily not necessarily a linear one for folks, and I do get asked that question oftentimes. So it really all started uh, with a phone call from a veteran, and this is when I was at the Board of Veterans Appeals. He called, and he was very kind of lost in the appeals process. And so I sort of listened and took his name and number and, and certainly wanted to track down how I could help. Um, it's And after the time came where we were actually able to get the appeal back on track, I I was thrilled to call him and give him the great news um, that we had done so. And he gave me the greatest compliment of my life, really. And that was, um, he said, thank you, Barbara. I trust you because I knew you would take care of me. And so that to me was such a um, impactful and profound moment. And that was such a gift to me. How could I pass up an opportunity to try to establish a program where we as a department would be able to sort of replicate that trust and building of relationships over and over and over again at an individual veteran, family member, caregiver and survivor level. And so that is how I I bridged from being an attorney to um, coming over to this incredible office over the last five years. That is so cool. And what a great story. So will you tell us a little bit more about VEO and what types of skills are needed to work in customer experience? Um, I would say for me, when you think about experience, I think the foundational component of experience that is most important is really simple and it's very low tech and it's empathy. And it's something that each one of us can bring to each other and to anyone we interact with. 
And it's just a matter of making sure that we're able to lead with empathy, balancing that, of course, against all the other demands that our jobs place on us, but really trying to lead with empathy and how we think about solving problems and then how we bring those um, problem sets to execution. So I think having um, a design thinker and an empathetic thinker in the EO are really, really kind of critical pieces of what we look for in staff. This is a great connection to one of our earlier episodes that we did about empathy and design thinking. There you go. (laughs) And I knew that if we had you on the show, we were going to get this great encapsulation of customer experience. So to all of our listeners, you've just had a couple (laughs) minutes of the download of the, the building blocks of exactly what they're doing in BEO and where you're taking it, leading really um, for employee experience, which is also really exciting to talk about. Yeah, and we're super excited to, to partner, Amy, with, with you and our HRNA OSP team. So the fascinating thing is, I think as you are building a new organization like BEO, and in the early days, it was a startup. Um, it, was, it was a little um, conceptual at first, and we took a couple of the first few years, as you know, to really, again, ground our concepts that were beautiful concepts sort of in the lofty clouds and ground them onto earth into reality and, and really making um, these kind of concrete Um, tools for folks to utilize and apply to actually then deliver better outcomes and and impacts for veterans. And so as we have applied that framework using human-centered design, again, as the foundation to the veteran experience, we are now at a maturity level in our organization to literally use the exact same framework, the exact same design methodology of sort of, you know, research, testing, prototyping, and then scaling, and then measuring performance on the back end with the employee experience. And, you know, you've been incredible partners uh, along with the EO to to perform and and map out VA's first ever employee experience journey map, which is really a corollary to the transformational veterans experience journey map that VEO delivered back in 2015. So you can see this sort of build over time and we're just thrilled to be able to offer the same sort of methodologies and, and suite of capabilities to help build a better employee experience across VA. Could we um, talk just a little bit more about exactly what a journey map is? Yeah, absolutely. So a journey map, um, it's it's a way for us to visually capture sort of how veterans and others, employees as well, sort of walk through any relationships they have with the department. So for example, the Veterans Experience Journey Map that I mentioned, groundbreaking artifact um, that VEO in partnership with others across the department back in 2015 had put together in the wake of of the Phoenix VA Medical Center uh, crisis. And this was really transformational and groundbreaking because it changed the dialogue in terms of understanding how VA fits into a veteran's life journey rather than having a veteran to figure out how to fit into VA's org structure. So it was really, again, flipping ourselves inside out a little bit and really mapping from, you know, the time a veteran joins the military through getting out and transitioning, through starting up a new job, taking care of themselves. And so that's a kind of a starting point. A journey map is really a starting point to do that baseline understanding of kind of those particular moments that matter. And that helps us as an organization then drill into those moments to make sure that we can provide and, and craft and prototype and test those tangible sort of tools that I talked about to address those pain points and then measure our performance um, after we implement those solutions. So it's really a starting point, uh, but it's a great way to strategically change the conversation way of thinking and also help us get us get us focused on what we need to apply resources to. 
Yeah, it's so exciting too. And for our listeners, if you want to have a little bit of fun one night, maybe map out your own journey. If you want to do your whole life's journey, it can be really telling. Um, If you want to do just your professional journey, that too can be really telling. And it can relate exactly to using the leadership development framework in the department. And then part as we continue to work together on this employee journey map and really delivering support to those, you mentioned the moments that matter when employees need development support, if they need specific training in their career. But um, you can do this kind of, it's been done on the macro, but it can also be very powerful to the individual. Sort of the, the power of a journey map is also the translation of that information into kind of concrete steps that help inform decision-making with leadership. And if I can give a quick example, sure. that is more of a high-tech example um, regarding human-centered design and sort of application of insights to strategic decision-making. So back in 2018, um, we've been hearing signals from veterans that, you know, VA has tons of digital properties, right? We've got, VA has lots of different websites and veterans were sort of telling us, hey, where do I even, where's the front door? Like, how do I start, you know, how do I enter this huge giant building of a VA virtual building at least. And so we thought to ourselves in partnership with um, Office of Information and Technology, OINT, we said, well, why don't we go ask veterans if they want to transact with VA, which digital properties do they think of going to? And where, what's a, where's a natural um, place for them to land? Came back from those, those um, HCD interviews and that research, and veterans told us that VA.gov is really kind of where they think to go when they want to transact with the department. So that really diffused the conversation and the debate internally because it allowed us to make a decision based on what veterans were telling us they wanted. And that's how a huge decision was made to have VA.gov as part of um, VA's digital modernization strategy be the single front door for veterans to transact with VA. And over time, we've worked with OINT to enhance that website. So now it looks much more user-friendly. It's co-designed with veterans based on their feedback. And when we measure our performance on the back end, you see a 25% increase in satisfaction over the last few years since launch. So yep, so proof positive when you apply human-centered design and you design with and for and around your customers, you will always every time produce better results for them. Amazing. There's a difference, right, between what we're talking about here with customer experience versus customer service. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit more about maybe why that differentiation is important? Yes, absolutely. So I remember in the early days of VEO, this was part of how the office was telling its story. And I think it's an important piece and it's what we've hit on before in the conversation and that's empathy. So when you think about customer service, a lot of times what it sort of uh, relates to is sort of completing a transaction and making the transaction, you know, getting it done or resolving a particular question to conclusion. What's missing in that is really that empathetic piece. And this is where customer experience is something that is much more sort of long lasting. It's not just a transaction, it's, it's our entire relationship across the continuum, organization to individual and vice versa. And so the fact that we have empathy and emotional resonance as sort of part and parcel of the definition of customer experience that VA has actually codified as part of our core values and characteristics, 
we talk about um, emotional resonance as a key way that we want to measure our performance, which leads to trust. And building trust really is our North Star at VA and also in terms of experience as well. There was a lot of discussion early on in the early days of, of uh, VEO about, well, you know, why, why, why does trust really even matter, right? I mean, it, yes, of course, we think it matters, but like, you know, we have, we have some, you know, we have services that we need to provide, you know, why is, why is trust such an important driver? And I kind of go back to sort of our foundational core mission, right? And in our mission statement is to care for, right? To care for those who shall have borne the battle. And I think having that connection of, again, inside the word care to me is empathy, and with empathy, there has to be trust. So I think there's such a tie between trust and customer experience with VA's mission that it now is sort of a, an easy connection for people to make. And so the question then becomes, well, then how do you operationalize it? Which I think is what VEO has, has tried to work on, especially the last you know four or five years. But I think that the fact that we have such a strong mission and such an empathetic thread in our mission that actually is, is really front and center, I think has really allowed the environment to adopt and absorb the philosophies around experience in, in ways that maybe other organizations with different mission sets um, may not have as easy a time connecting. So are there some concrete ways that we can build trust for employees? Yeah, so I this goes back to, and I feel like all roads for me lead back to human-centered design. And as we become... Um, as, a, as an organization at VA, more centered around applying human-centered design as a core business discipline, I think we're going to begin to see a long-term improvement in overall trust and, frankly, morale as well. Um, people love the mission at VA. I love the mission at VA. Sometimes we feel like, you know, the, the tactics of our day jobs can, can be difficult. But adding that dimension of making sure that our employees are involved with discussions and their inputs um, involved in, in co-design up front, I think, is, is going to take us a long way to just retaining folks and drawing even more people in who want to serve our great mission. So we've been talking about it. We've been creating it. And now, how are we sure we're doing it? There are ways to measure trust, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Lot, lots of ways to measure trust. Um, and one of the things that VEO we did early, early on was to make sure we had a measurement framework, right? What are the frameworks that you all use to measure experience? And the one that came to us and that felt like it resonated the most was talking about the, the dimensions of experience. And those dimensions are ease. It must be an easy interaction effectiveness, veterans and, and employees must effectively get what they needed and what they wanted. And that third component, which we've talked about, is the emotional resonance, the empathy. So ease, effectiveness and emotion. And when we measure those, we actually have a number of surveys and they can all be mapped to those three dimensions and trust as well. But we also have surveys that are very simple that ask veterans, for example, do you trust VA? to fulfill this country's commitment to veterans. And wow. that is our sort of very simplified trust measure that was instituted back in 2016. And the initial measurement of that was 55% of veterans surveyed, yikes, either agreed or strongly agreed with that statement. So that, that's like not a great grade, right? Back uh, in 2016, we had a long way to go. <laughs> so, so fast forward to today, we ask that same question, we ask that same question repeatedly and report it quarterly. 
We have reached 79% agreement with that statement in 2021. That's a 24% increase over time. And as I say, that does not happen by accident. It does not happen by being passive about experience and sort of the weight and importance of trust. It happens through an organizational commitment of staff and leadership at the top, deriving that as a key performance um, indicator and key performance measure. So we're very, very um, thrilled to be able to be the messenger with, with that great improvement. And we set a very high high target. We want to reach a 90% agreement with that statement. Um, That's an A in my book. And my hope is that we are on our way there. And certainly the last few years, uh, we as a department have been able to make those incredible, tangible improvements. Yeah, that is that is so impactful. Where we're talking on the employee journey map, the very one of the very first moments that matter is the onboarding, getting the employee everything they might need. We're welcoming these uh, new team members into our professional home. Yes. Let's treat them like we would treat a visitor to yep. our home. And it's been a, such a heartwarming uh, experience to change the, the visual there and, and do that for employees as well. Yeah, and, and that I totally agree with you. And again, sometimes the solutions are so simple and they kind of stare us in the face. So, so for example, this particular moment, the onboarding that you're talking about. So through the human-centered design practice um, that we're applying, one of the things that, um, that you know, again, we're co-designing with, with you all and other employees to sort of test as a tangible tool, right, to sort of make the experience better, is a simple kind of one-pager checklist of like, okay, you've got your PIV badge, you've got your computer equipment, all these things that are separate and fractured to a new employee in one place to really understand holistically, okay, how do I predict what I need to be thinking about in my first you know, month or two, puts it all in one place in a very easily digestible um, way. And it's sort of a part and parcel to your point of a welcome package or a welcome kit for all new VAT members. So just very excited for us to to showcase what these types of tools might look like, test them with employees, and then you know pilot it and then roll it out and, and measure our performance and improvements on the back end. So it's a great example. So we're we're trying to create some of these opportunities for employees to to learn and improve their experience. But we're mm-hmm. also driving the culture change yes. happening because we've been in this remote environment. Mm-hmm. And I would just share one thing we've been doing is we kind of do what's akin to like a showering of welcomes to our new people because we onboard everyone virtually. Yeah, my organization. So then, you know, the first day that the person's on board, their leader will send out a well, help me welcome so and so and give a little introduction. And then everybody starts just chiming in. And nobody complains about the reply alls, because it's just like, we just want you to just feel surrounded by welcoming. And that's something that people always talk about something so simple as a three or four word email, welcome to the team. Hearing that from so many people in this remote environment has has real impact. Oh, it totally does. And I love that. You know, my mind goes to, oh, my gosh, Amy, that's a best practice. We need to capture that in sort of some sort of suite of, of tools, right, to say, hey, here's here's a way to do it. Um, one of the things that, that we've done similarly, again, low tech uh, sort of solution 
is anytime a new VEO team member comes on board, um, both myself and my chief of staff spend 30 minutes just to welcome them and say, you know, what's your background? What is your hobby? Really just get to know them because VEO, interestingly enough, has largely been a remote workforce since day one. Um, The original model of this office was sort of out in the field, boots on the ground outreach. And so folks were hired in different geographical locations. So we only have a very small footprint in person here in DC of about 25 or so folks in headquarters. And so that's been an interesting challenge for me because I'm such an in-person person. How do you bridge and kind of make that connectivity in a virtual world, a virtual environment, and particularly onboarding new folks that way? And that's just one thing that that um, that I've been able to, to do with, with other leadership and VEO. And there are other, other pieces um, of our employee, our internal employee experience team in VEO also um, really does a lot to sort of try to onboard and welcome folks and just be that bridge because otherwise you feel like you're kind of flailing out there by yourself. Um, but I love your example, Amy. I think I see that as a best practice, you know, talking about, you know, what what is sort of one thing we all can do and we all can practice. And I mean, I I see you, Amy, and, and our teams and our entire VA family, our extended family of 340,000 plus siblings. <laughs> I mean, I, I really, I always want to do anything I can to help my, my brothers and sisters. And that goes for VA and it goes for across government as well. And I think for me, it's it's born and driven by empathy because I know that if I'm in need of support and I'm in need of somebody's expertise, anytime somebody can just freely give and generously give that to me, I'm so appreciative. And so that's what I really try to lead with in practice. I never, never, ever want to say no um, to anybody asking for support. And if I personally can't offer it, I say, you know, I'm not able to, but let me point you to this person or connect you with that person. So it's always sort of a, a yes um, in some way, it, you know, however is possible, but really being driven by the fact that I genuinely want to help my colleagues, my brothers and sisters, um, you know, partners in crime and government, because we all share this really incredible mission of serving the public. And I don't think there's anything greater in this world than being a public servant and being able to serve a cause greater than ourselves. And so that is my driver, always wanting to lead with empathy, listen to folks who are coming to me asking for support and always wanting to get to a yes. Um, If not, again, individually from me, from somebody I know or another sibling that I can connect somebody with. Inspiring. And so we like to close with a quote. Yes. If If you have one you'd like to share with us. I would love to. So Okay, so I'm a huge fan of coach John Wooden. So he was a uh, UCLA basketball coach, amazing, amazing leader. And one of my favorite quotes from him is something to the effect of the main ingredient of success is the rest of the team. And I truly, truly believe that we are all in this, whatever the this is, together to drive towards this incredible mission and a cause uh, greater greater than ourselves. Um, and I think that's a really important distinction. So I really try to keep that in the front of my mind. Not, there's no way to improve upon that. So I think I will just say thank you again for your time today. This has been a lot of fun and so informative. And I feel like I've learned a lot. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a true pleasure. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for joining us on Are You Future Ready? Advancing Your Professional Development. To find the resources highlighted today, check out the blog linked in this episode's show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share this episode with a colleague, friend, or on your LinkedIn network.